you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL podcast wants to continue into their 40s. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by New Era. My name is Dan Hansis and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Some already in their 40s. Mark Sessler, Colleen Wolf, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up? team don't appreciate that opener at all <laughs> yeah Col- colleen what is what is it like being in your 40s not there yet don't oh, know okay. oh so it's mark i okay yeah listen it's Greg, also west by Greg the way. going at colleen in a big spot I yeah like it right away well, i don't have any makeup on so are you taking a I jab at that to, i was going for the surprise pick you step we all know <laughs> we all know mark mark's the old guy you are, especially no West. I'm not today, playing. So a, you're you not playing, playing any role. role in this little bit that you guys have unraveled. <laughs> this is the Monday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, presented by New Era. Um, you know, we have so much to unpack today, um, including um, all the news from around the league. I think did the Lions finally report to camp? Are they are they practicing yet? <laughs> I think they're considering. Jeez. It. Greg, you know this stuff. Are They're they? in. They're oh in. I believe God, they showed me. up on the first day l- legally allowed, Dan. <laughs> and yet you continue <laughs> yeah. to go. Like go at this point, them. I wouldn't have been surprised if the Lions show up week one, Sunday, like an hour before kickoff. They all just put on their uniforms for the first time. <laughs> Let's go get <laughs> yeah, them, It's guys. not a good look for that team, and I don't care about the rules. Like, area man, get there earlier. Area man rages against you can't practice until two weeks before your first preseason game rule. I said my piece. <laughs> If you really want to take that next step as a franchise, one playoff win in you know sixty years, go find a park in Auburn Hills, throw the ball around, wow, <laughs> do a couple wind sprints on your own time on your own dime. Yep, very much with you. You feel really strongly about this. Yeah, I also feel okay. strongly um, uh, about talking about your weekend, Colleen, which we're going to get to. Wonderful. Um, uh, Colleen was at Raiders camp for Inside Training Camp Live on NFL Network and had a uh, interaction with one of the league's most famous players that went viral. It did. How about that for a tease? I like it, Dan. Are you comfortable talking about it? Kind yeah, of? let's do okay. it. Everybody else is, so we yeah. can too. That's true. Mm. That's true. <laughs> we, we had the issue with Miko Grimes and Greg, and Greg shut it down. He said, no. Oh, we still talked about we, it. No fly zone, yeah. Greg said. And oh, we're still talking well, about you, it. Yeah, you said, you said no fly zone. We spent like 15 minutes on it. You also did an entire segment on the NFL's greatest feuds the day after it happened <laughs> when, I, when I wasn't here. That was a great segment. Let's be real. But great we re- segment. Remember the, the clapback diss track we had planned for Lil Debbie? Uh, where she was going to go at Miko Grimes, uh, and we we pulled that. We yanked that. Out of respect Get to you. Get your act together, bro. You're trash. <laughs> I, I don't know what Colleen's you know feeling about her interaction was, but it was sort of the opposite of Miko Grimes. Right. You know? Yeah. The inverse of Miko Grimes' yeah. attitude. That's, good point. That's true. Anyway, we'll get to that, and uh, thank God. And then we will uh, we'll uh, open up the mailbag. That gives us our opportunity to 
uh, interface with the listeners. Is that what you call it now? We're so vital, the listenership. And, and Greeby, I haven't forgotten. We are going to hand out a prize to the 5,000th uh, subreddit subscriber. Now we're heading towards 6,000. I understand that. Incredible urgency around this prize handout. <laughs> uh, but I'm waiting for Mark to kind of come with me with a spark of an idea of how, what to give them. So it's really on Mark. So I, I'm Mark, just learning this now. So the planning behind this entire <laughs> thing is really suspect. Um, all right. So a lot to talk to. And of course, I mean, it took so long to get to it. But we are the, we are the softball C-plus champions of the Los Angeles Recreation League once again. Yay! Couldn't have done it without me. It was a really tough season. I'm just glad to be a part of it. Again. You're going to show up as a fan at least for the championship. Oh, I texted. Yeah, yeah. There were whispers it's, about that. What happened? That? That's not our text. <laughs> Mark was there in the dugout. I mean, yeah. he's not just a fan. He's part of the. Yeah, Mark team. did a great he's job in his role as special advisor once again. <laughs> Colleen, this is kind of a, kind <laughs> of a common Colleen trope when you text her sometimes. <laughs> what? I'm off. gonna. I did have dinner that night, and there I didn't even is. end up going. Here it is. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> Once I'm at my house, it's hard for me to leave. <laughs> another, just, another excellent excuse. Like we, like we're all buying it. To sit I there. Know, I can't find it. Uh, the unfortunate autocorrect. I won't bring that up. When I, <laughs> Why? That's the No, come on. You have to. Should I? I yeah. Yes. I, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I, yeah. I wrote, uh, related to the Marshawn Lynch stuff, I wrote, I wanted to write Connie Fox moving up in the world. It auto-corrected to tiny box moving up in the <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Connie Fox uh, auto-corrects to tiny box. Wow. Well, you know, yeah. these things happen. Anyway, we won the uh, we won the title. We swept the playoffs for the second straight year, uh, defeating uh, first the Nooners fourteen nine in the semifinals, and then uh, the Flying Sheep, who had beaten us seventeen to one. Seven days earlier, we beat them 19-9 in the finals. It goes to show you, it goes to show you what can happen when we have our full complement of players, Greg. And uh, and and I want to throw it to you because you are a champion now. It feels good. I you know I know I wasn't the most important part of the team, but I would have felt if we had if you guys had won the year before and then you had lost when I was on the team, I would have felt like yeah, I I, I was it. responsible that I, I, I missed out and that that didn't happen. And, uh, you know, it was almost got a little emotional at the end of the, the, the game. Dan gave, I heard about this. gave the game ball to Chris Wesseling, who Wes had a, a heroic performance. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, fi- fighting through the big C, of course, certainly sapped of energy, took himself out uh, of the second game, was DHing in the first game, but played outstanding and was a, a huge reason why we went won. three for four, I believe, in the first game. Yeah, and he's still like he's still working his way back physically from that game. Just to give you an idea of uh, Wes and well, part of how insane Wes is for sports and competitiveness, but also you know what a badass Wes is. Uh, his paramour was not happy with him for the decision to try to run and take the extra bases, mm-hmm. but try to talk Wes out of anything. The by the end of it, was driven. Yeah, and by the end of it, he was just lying on the grass after the game yes. to recuperate, but. He was also thrilled. I think that I honestly I missed last year's due to some childcare scenario that pulled me. I could not watch the game. I was this there. Time, just you were. To, uh, well, you, <laughs> your stock is down right now, straight. so I would, I would step off. Settle this, down, tiny box. This meant a lot. This really, to watch this, because I remember during the second game thinking like, mm, there was a moment where I thought that things were turning negatively for the team and that you guys, it seemed like maybe it was had come to its end. And it's like, the, everyone, no one, there was no negativity. We we're just like, this is going to happen. Well, that's and Greg stepped in, right? Rosie stepped in with his. Greg positivity. was positive throughout the relentlessly know, yeah. positive. It was right. amazing to watch, and I mean, I, I you guys, you, it's, it's such a weird team because when you were good during the season, you were so good, yeah. and there were a couple games where and, so it just looked like an epic disaster. We were, we were. Sometimes we looked like the '89 Niners. Sometimes we looked like the '08 Lions, and then you know it was just who was going to show up. And the right team showed up on Thursday. And, and, I, and I know a lot of people saw it on Twitter. I tweeted out a photo of the cleats dangling from the wire. Um, it's just, you know, it's a time of reflection. Like I said, win or lose, I have a lot to think about. And um, Wait, so does that mean you, you, you have you're, retired? You're retiring? Well, I didn't want to make anything official yet. but Think about who initially made that. 
put that image out there on Twitter, and that person right. is right back in the mix. Right, so he was right in the happen. news that day. So I was confused whether you were making a statement about softball or whether you were pointing out Marshawn Lynch or what was going on. A lot of layers there. <laughs> a lot of layers. Because hey. I, because I want to know, you know. Before you sign on, because your your deal's up, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for more money next year. You know. <laughs> the disease of more. Anyway, so it was a great, it was a great, great night, and we're gonna have a big uh, celebration party at Sessler Manor uh, this upcoming weekend. Uh, so, oh, uh, really? Good. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, we talked about it huh. after the game when we you were all together. You will be invited. Well, yeah. okay. We have no. There's literally no confidence that you'll show up. But you will. Be. <laughs> uh, what's up, Sully? What's up, guys? Congrats on the repeat. Thank you, bud. The shield. Buddy. Kicking tails. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Let's do some news. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. How about that? A little bit of political news. A lot of, a lot of stuff going on in the old D.C. <laughs> yes, there is. Timely, Sully. Hey, I mean, it's like uh, people in and out. It's a revolving door up there. Oh, all right. <laughs> let's start talking about football. Uh, welcome, everyone, that fast-forwarded the first eight minutes of the show. Uh, now we talk football, and actually we're going to start somewhere special. Uh, it seems like we start there a lot these days. Some would say too much. At least one Twitter user pointed that out to me. Let's go to the Ravens' nest. Okay, now. Oh, God, that thing. That a gross. Colin Kaepernick. It sounds like it's dying. It's in trouble. Maybe the Ravens are in trouble. But they have not signed Colin Kaepernick yet. Now, we know the story. Flacco's got a back injury, uh, and Ryan Mallett. Um, threw five interceptions the other day in practice. Could have been seven. Are you kidding me? What are we doing? It's hard here? to do. Uh, Terrell, uh, Terrell Suggs openly mocking uh, Mr. Mallet. Guy doesn't even know how to set an iPhone alarm, as we learned from Hard Knocks. He's going to be completing passes regularly for an NFL team. Let's calm down. So the Ravens have a quarterback problem, <laughs> but they hadn't signed Kaepernick yet. But it's still on the radar, and this is interesting, Greg. This is very interesting. Speaking at a fan forum on Sunday, Ravens president Dick Cass said the team has had direct discussions with Colin Kaepernick uh, that, according to the Baltimore Sun, uh, Kaepernick wants to play. The Ravens are interested. There's no doubt. They've been very open about that, uh, but nothing has been decided. Mike Silver reported on Saturday that Kaepernick would be excited to join the Ravens uh, but has had zero discussions with the team. Here is uh, team owner, Ravens owner, um, Steve Bashotti, uh, who was at that for- fan forum, and Kaepernick was a hot-button topic, and he was explaining why this is going to be a polarizing decision no matter what. Uh, when I fired uh, 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 Billick nine years ago, uh, it sounded like half the, it sounded like 90% of the people in Baltimore wanted me to fire him until I fired him, and then I found that 80% <laughs> thought I was an idiot. <laughs> so you got to be careful about the vocal minority. They have a tendency to seem to, you know, sound, be a bigger group than they are. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I, we're very sensitive to it, and we're monitoring it, and we're, we're, we're still, as Ozzy says, scrimmaging it, and we're trying to figure out what's, uh, what's the right tact. And, and so um, pray for us. Pray for us. Greg, what? Well, that, I think he was trying to be funny with the pray for us. Oh, uh, that was a bit. But, I don't know, really? Well, yeah, because I think there was laughter. And I, like, I, he was taking it lightly. And if you read all the quotes that he says, you know, that the weird thing was when he's asked about a fan about, are you concerned about hurting the brand? Yeah. And I'm like, this guy isn't, Colin Kaepernick hasn't committed any crime. The whole workshopping it with the fans and Basadi saying that he talked to Ray Lewis about it on Sunday morning to get his feel and. And Ozzie Newsom says they're scrimmaging it and they're talking and all of it speaks to the to me that the Ravens coaching staff has made their decision. They want to sign Colin Kaepernick because why would you be doing all of this nonsense of, you know, politicking and surveying unless you had already basically decided this guy can improve our team. And that's why I think he's going to be signed. So this is we're just picking up the story midway through, and I, I think in a week or whenever it is, we're going to be talking about the impact that he makes on that. I think you're I think you're right. I think they that enough people inside that organization have talked to Colin Kaepernick and feel that you know from from the aspect of the person, 
there is no real blockage to bringing him in. But it shows you, because I, we all agree that there's not a black ball situation going on here, but it does show you that for some reason, well, for obvious reasons, that the Kaepernick experience, it gives pause to various people within the building beyond the coaching staff and that other teams have probably had these conversations that we will never know about and decided no. All we ever hear about is this is a business and teams are making business decisions. Make a decision here and stop just talking about it and asking people if it's going to hurt their feelings and what they think about it. You're supposed to be the decision makers. You're sitting in the most powerful seats. Right. Just do it. I mean, you, you, didn't, you don't see teams doing this with other players who have far worse things that they've done. I mean, you have uh, Joe Banner, who used to be the Eagles GM, talking about how the Eagles didn't ask fans about what they thought right. when before they signed Michael Vick after the dogfighting thing and after he got out of prison like this is sort of ridiculous I think especially when you have Ryan Mallett who's having a complete meltdown in practice <laughs> and your starting quarterback is hurt you're signing random camp arms from indoor football leagues like get it together and just sign him isn't the problem that it happened that this that there were no fan fest it was a bad day right. to have the right. pre-scheduled fan forum yes. right I mean, he wouldn't have been on record saying any of this stuff, yeah. and they would have gone about their business. Could have avoided it. True, it's true. And I think the public waffling, well, it seems a little silly to me as well, but I think maybe it's their internal decision to try to get the temperature uh, yes. of the fan base before making the decision, just in case it's atomic in the other direction and they don't want to deal and with it. And they're overly sensitive if they, if, if they are because they just dealt with the Ray Rice thing. I mean, this was an organization that does not want to – Get, find themselves ensnared right. in something else that's you know bigger than the team. And that, those are the only situations where ownership gets involved usually is something like a Ray Rice. And that's why it's weird from the outside conflating these two domestic violence yeah. or serious crimes. And the guy, as Bashadi said, uh, doing something that is his right, nonviolent protesting, something we should be embracing. Bashadi said that too. He said he didn't like it necessarily and he liked it better when he was kneeling, but we should be embracing it. It's all it's all very strange to me. And I think Harbaugh, when he said, this guy's a great guy, I've spoken to him multiple times. Now I kind of read that as that was a little bit of public pressure of kind of pushing it to the ownership. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I like this guy. I'm going to start putting this out there that it's a good guy. You know what else Ravens fans won't like is if Joe Flacco misses extended time and Ryan Mallett is throwing five picks in games that matter. Woo! It's fair, dog. I mean, that was maybe a little Bunsen burner blowtorch spot right there. I wouldn't be surprised. My, my cat, this, well, maybe it catches this nest on fire and it just burns to the ground. With all that being. <laughs> oh, God. Got enough of this nest. With all this being said, this happens sometimes with veteran quarterbacks where you don't sign them till midway through camp, where you give a long leash to the guy who's been there, like Ryan Mallett, and you don't even end up letting Mallett compete in the end, that you're giving him kind of a rope, and when they decide to make the move, maybe it's just Mallett's out, Kaepernick's in. Let's uh, move on and talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars who need a left tackle uh, or really need the people in-house to step up and do the job because uh, – Brandon Albert is retiring. How about that? A strange offseason story here. Albert traded by the Dolphins to the Jaguars. He skipped offseason workouts, wanted a new deal, uh, and instead he releases a statement on Monday saying that he is shutting it down and thanks the Jags and the organization. And, uh, Colleen, this is this leaves uh, Jacksonville with a pretty huge hole on their offensive line as they try to get things right. Yeah, they're going to have to really look into their rookie now and hope that he can step up and make that jump. Cam Robinson, thank God that they drafted him so early because it looked like there was going to be some some battles there as to how the whole offensive line was going to shake out. And Doug Maroney obviously wants all of his best blockers on the field. So if Cam Robinson can make that jump, great. But otherwise, yeah, you're going to have a hole there for an offense that needs to take that but, step behind a, in front of a quarterback that also had a meltdown the other day. And think about this. If you remember the draft class and the lead up to it and everything, this was not a good lineman draft class. So no. Cam Robinson – uh, maybe he's one of the first offensive linemen to come off the board, but in a draft class that nobody was in love with, who knows if this guy can play? At least, who knows if he could play immediately? You might have a major issue here. I wouldn't be surprised if they pick up someone before it's uh, the month turns over. Plus, with Leonard Fournette there, too. I mean, they're going to want to have some really good run blocking in there, so that's I mean, going to really make a difference. The same general manager drafted Luke Jokel, number two overall, to play left tackle. So Cam Robinson, they have high hopes for, but he was starting as a backup behind Albert. He was a 34 
you know, overall pick. There's no, there's no. He was a stud at Bama, but he had some shaky moments against Miles Garrett and Barnett as well. So, I mean, the, 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 the jury's still out on Cam Robinson for sure. And, and weird ending for Albert because this trade, this this trade with the Dolphins, where the ja- the Jaguars end up getting that draft late late round draft pick back because of the way this thing played out. But I do recognize occasionally. Have you ever had a job, uh, you know, maybe a lower level one that was painful, and you occasionally you had the moment you walk into work, you say it's over, I'm leaving this job. You can yeah. feel it. You can just feel it. And like maybe some of these veterans, you're 32. You didn't. This is not the situation you wanted to be in at this point. You wanted more money. You couldn't get it. You come to work. You're like three days into training camp, and you're like, I'm pulling the plug on this thing. I, I'm going to be on my couch two days. I once quit on my f- first day of a job. I was supposed to be a segment producer for a like wacky outtakes from from <laughs> esports perfect fit show. You. you know, like where I chose like wacky outtakes from from people crashing their motorbikes or whatever. And I, I felt no. like hollow inside and, and decided I was going to quit on my drive there that morning. I had a job that in Colorado I had to take a bus to. <laughs> it was I didn't know it was a temp job. I didn't know what it was till I got there. And it was a flashlight, a mini flashlight factory. And mm-hmm. so you had to use this like push down <laughs> machine to make these the part, just part of the flashlight. And I thought I was doing well. And it was ter- for terrible pay. I'm like making like I took me like hours to make like 16 of these things, and like this like 60 year old like retiree who's doing a part time job next to me has made like 180. Like I'm getting destroyed by this like 60 something year old woman. Wow. And I'm thinking, I shouldn't. I don't. I don't think I'm even good at this. I've got to get out of this job. I guess, and I left. I guess if we're sharing tales of short term employment. This is amazing. Okay. Uh, during college, you know, I did one of those come home and get a job situations and. Uh, during summer break, and a friend told me, oh, Sloman Shield, the security company, was hiring like, cold callers. Home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I went to this, uh, basically walked into this little um, office where it was just like banks of phones, and I had to cold call like elderly women uh, like living alone and try to trick them into getting security systems. And then also you got, I remember getting told off a couple of times because you're calling during dinner. And uh, at the end of the day, I was like, I am never Not doing, doing this ever again. <laughs> that sounds awful. So I never showed up again. And then I called like a week later because I was like, daddy wants to get paid for that day. And they're like, if you want that, you're going to have to come get it. So I drove there and I knocked on the office of the woman that hired me. And uh, and she just like handed me this thing. It was like a thirty four dollar check, and I was just like, I don't care, give me my money. Wow, <laughs> better get my money. All right, I'm up. Yeah. I worked at a, uh, I was a secretary at a produce broker in Philadelphia at like wow. the yard where they brought in all of the fruits and vegetables and everything. And my boss sat behind me and would scream at the top of his lungs for eight hours at people on the phone every day. And so I would leave and my shoulders were basically connected to my ears just from from stress at that point. So I lasted a week and then I was like, I'm never, I I just didn't show up, but that was it. That was the only time I didn't show up for work. Well, we survived. We did it. We did it. We made it through it. Um, And speaking of the Jaguars uh, and we said, Ryan Mallett had the interception meltdown. Um, and uh, just to tell you how bad the mallet meltdown was, at one point in the practice, this dispatch uh, from ESPN, ESPN.com's Jamison Hensley, uh, Terrell Suggs said during the practice, hey, Marty, to Marty Morinwig, the offensive coordinator, tell Mallet to throw to the guys wearing the purple jerseys, which is the <laughs> offense. Ouch. I feel like there's always Terrell Suggs stories like this. He would be the last guy you want on the on the opposing side on your own team. If you're just like to heckle you. Couldn't find a better guy than <laughs> no. Terrell Suggs. And then, uh, yes, we're talking about how the Jaguars don't have a clear path at left tackle anymore. Uh, you have the coach, Doug Marone, saying he wants to run it every down, which feels like a possible crisis of confidence in the quarterback position. And then Blake Bortles uh, this weekend goes out during a practice and throws five picks, including one returned by uh, Telvin Smith for the touchdown. Um, Michael Duraco of ESPN characterized Bortles' performance as, quote, one of the worst practices of his career. And this is where I must say 
to not seem like I'm a part of the hysterical media. It's just practice. Who cares? Blah, blah, blah. But guess what? <laughs> I don't want my quarterback throwing five picks no. and being completely lost at any part, at any point in practice. And you've got to be very worried if you're fans of both those teams. And to your point, you, you mentioned that Doug Marone said he wanted to run the ball a ton. Well, they asked him, like, if, if you had your way in a game, how many times would Blake Bortles throw the ball? And he wasn't kidding. He just said zero. Oh, wow. And that was it. He Zero. Said, yeah, he's like, I'm not kidding. I want to run the ball. He's like, I want to change the way time. we play get the game. Like, that's what he said. He's like, I just want to run nonstop. Like, that, that's how you destroy an opponent in, like, old Madden or Tech Mobile games <laughs> when you just grind out the clock. One drive, an entire quarter. Remember when the Jets did that with Geno yeah. Smith? <laughs> he threw, like, seven passes the whole game, and they, they still lost. Um, by the way, wouldn't you be a little bit, more than a little bit nervous of your Doug Marone and they did not give you a real option as a secondary quarterback, and you got Tom Coughlin upstairs looking down at you who still wants to coach, and I feel like he's being set up to fail just like Todd Bowles in New York is. It's a tough situation, but then. The only thing I'd say about Marone is, like, I, I know people cannot stand Doug Marone, but he he is, in every interview he's done with the Jaguars, he's a tough dude. Like, I just don't think that he's well, a pushover. I don't question that. I, well, I just don't see but him as... How are you going to win games without a quarterback if Blake Bortles is going to be the no, same yeah. or worse than he was last season? I don't know. I mean, this comes after Tom Coughlin was like, yeah, he pretty much fixed his mechanics in the offseason. <laughs> we all remember that story. And supposedly he worked with all of these quarterback gurus, Adam Dadeau and Tom I mean, Howell. it is one practice, though. Some, I mean, it is I already fair. said that. All right. I know, but it's fair. I mean, if he came out and threw seven touchdowns and had a great practice, we wouldn't put too well, much into it. We wouldn't let the news. We wouldn't put too <laughs> much into Here's it. A, they say today, if you, want, if you want to really get overly into it, like he threw 14 straight, made 14 straight completions with no picks in today's practice. So. Yeah, who cares? He's fantastic, and they're flying. <laughs> Did that happen? Is that true? Yeah. All right. Oh. Then everything's fine. Okay. Everything's fine. So no, just kidding. No concerns <laughs> in Jacksonville. Moving on. You know who does have concerns? The Los Angeles Chargers, who used a first-round pick uh, on wide receiver Mike Williams, and they don't know if they're going to have him at all this year. And this is kind of following up on uh, something that happened last week. The back injury, he got the epidural shot to help repair a herniated disc in the back. Um Tom Telesco at the time, general manager, was optimistic he could avoid surgery that would end his season. But head coach of the Chargers, Anthony Lynn, uh, said uh, this week that he's not so sure that his rookie will see the field at all. Here's the quote. I'm hopeful that it's not season ending, but who knows? It could be. I don't know. You'd, you'd like to have him out there, but fortunately we have depth at the position and we're going to be okay. Greg, this hits at something you were talking about a couple of weeks ago. They have plenty of depth, but if guys keep dropping like flies, it's going to be a lot of Trouble. Greg, by the way, coincidentally, I don't even know if it's a coincidence. It's just a fact. Was at Chargers camp today. That's right. Talking about Look this at you. And <laughs> hey, it's an absolute nobody. NFL.com's oh. Greg Rosen. Oh. Get him. I thought we said to lose this one. Was... We don't like this one as much. That is overly aggressive. <laughs> I don't know. That end kind of helps. Um, anyway, you were there, Greg, at Chargers camp. Then you jetted up here like a champion uh, to do the podcast, which we appreciate. Uh, Keenan Allen looks great. You tweeted it out. Keenan Allen looks all the way back. I guess I haven't didn't see him in practice beforehand, but all I know is that he's one of the best route runners in the league and he was matching up against Casey Hayward, who had a terrific Pro Bowl season last year all day, and so that was a fun matchup. And he got the better of Casey Hayward throughout the day. So I think that is a great sign for Keenan Allen. He was not nearly as open as consistently as Tyrell Williams, who is my guy this year. And I know Mike Williams was drafted in the top 10. They could have used that pick at a different position. They'll certainly welcome him back. He was there in his uniform, but it does not sound like he's going to be remotely ready for the start of the season. Maybe he's put on pup. If they stay healthy, big if, Tyrell Williams is a great number two. I mean, he was the one getting deep today, and Phillip Rivers was throwing the ball deep to him. Travis Benjamin is there making some noise. You got Henry and Gates. It's like they got enough basket. How did Hunter Henry look? He looked fine. I was mostly watching mostly watching the, the wideouts, but the thing that stands out with him is he's running routes against cornerbacks. I mean, he's running – he doesn't look like a tight end. He just – kind of looks like a big wide receiver for this team and they are always nailed by the injury bug but like th th this injury specifically this year 
came at the right time versus and I mean if you're yeah. going to lose a wide receiver this team you're they're going to be functional they like, still they're score They're so deep at the position like yeah. you were just saying Greg if, if it's, they it's lost okay. if they lost their second pick Forrest Lamp or their third pick Feeney who's supposed Dan to start Feeney. at centers like those I think would be more hurtful to their team because those two guys are really the key of helping to fix that offensive line rookie starters in the middle. It could be worse, but it is a disaster to draft a guy when your first round pick, a guy you invested all that time studying and getting behind, talking yourself into the pick, believing he would be a major part in the offense, and then him just disappearing for a year. That would be very bad, but they can survive it. Essentially with an yeah. injury he already had. Right. That that makes yeah. Yeah, obviously they would, not, they would not have drafted him if they knew this was going to happen. Uh, in other AFC West news, the Broncos will be without Shane Ray uh, for six to eight weeks. He suffered a torn ligament in his wrist on Thursday. Um, Rap sheet reported that Ray had successful surgery Saturday. He'll likely play with a cast early on to stabilize it. Uh, and this is the same Shane Ray who basically made. Denver's uh, and De- Denver and Demarcus Ware's mutual decision to move on from each other it made it a, a much more palatable situation because this guy looked like he looks like a superstar in the making, but now he's another guy. He's going to come back after missing time, Colleen. Is he going to be the same guy? Is that risk going to bother him all year? Not good news for Denver. No, I mean, at least it, if it was going to happen, at least it happened now, so he can possibly be back for week one or two optimistically speaking, but he had eight sacks last season and he was really poised for sort of a breakout with DeMarcus Ware being gone. That sort of paved a path for him to start and and really have a nice season. So they have a good defense and it is still really early. I don't think that it's going to be a major lingering problem for them. So hopefully he gets back. They are light with on with ed, edge rushers right now. Yeah. They, if you look at the snap counts from anyone on their outside of Von Miller and was Kasim at Bali. That's the only other players that played snaps on this team last year. Right. And they have a bunch of rookies. At Bali is a guy who didn't stick with the Saints. I mean, I know he's a handsome Hank favorite because he's German born and uh Henry <laughs> loves those uh the foreign born players. What a great story. Deutschland. But he he didn't stick with the Saints and now he's starting for a team that that was the best outside linebacker group in the league because they not only lost Shane Ray Shaq Barrett is coming off of surgery and is expected to miss a big mm-hmm. chunk of the season with a hip injury. So you suddenly went from Ware, Barrett, and Ray to Edibale. It's not a good trade. Not great. Not great. Not great. And on the other side of the ball. So- I, I'm a little worried about Vance Joseph here. He's taking over Wade Phillips' defense. We say it's a good defense. Okay. I don't know. It's a yeah. great, great secondary. Right. But the, but, and it's got Von Miller and Derek Wolf, but. Yeah, I don't know. The rest of the, I'm not sure it's great without without all these players. Oh, and P.S. Vance Joseph is a first year head coach. He's got a lot on his plate to deal with, so he can't just put all his efforts into making sure that defense works. He's got to figure out what's going on in offense. And guess what? What transition number two? Oh, he's got some problems on that side of the ball too. Oh, no! this is what he said about his <laughs> two young quarterbacks, Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch. Did I like what I saw? Not really. Both guys had issues today. I didn't like what I saw today. Honest, they both struggled today. Let's hear a little bit more from the coach. It was a rough day for the offense today. The defense came out with great intensity, made some big plays in a in the low red zone, which are huge on you know on game days. A ten point swing. We don't want that from our offense, but defensively, it was a good day. All right, are we concerned about this at all, Mark? I simply don't have the time to be concerned about these types of things until it really bubbles into something in real games. I mean, I think it's it's not surprising at all. Are we hopping in the debunker bunker? I mean, I mean, yeah, let's debunk it. All right, let's I mean, hop in. Well, what do you have? To how do you how do you get in, in this place? We're in there. Okay, go ahead. Keep I'm going. I'm just saying, I think with Paxton Lynch, it should be surprised no one that this is a guy still working out the kinks big time. I mean, he's he's had just not enough on field testing and play to be looking polished at this point. I I like Trevor Simeon from what I saw last year. So I'm also not going to be overly concerned about a bad practice for him. He's it wasn't young, seven picks or something. He's a young quarterback in a new system. Yeah. That's the thing that's that's lost when you when you make – not that they had a choice, but when they made a coaching change. You know. Yeah. And they're and they're going up against a, a a good defense as we just talked about. As I mean, the secondary is pretty good. Bradley Roby, he I think intercepted uh, Paxton Lynch. I want to say twice. So they have a good test out there, at least in the practices. So maybe 
that will help them. They couldn't I, run the ball last year, and their offensive line was a sheer disaster. So those things, both <laughs> of those things need to change. I know it's, uh, it's only July 31st, but I'm starting to get a little more excited about week one. And you know which game I got circled? Usually it's a big time afterthought. That's 16 of them. That I, second doubleheader <laughs> game. You're tired. You're almost like, I wish we could save this for another time. Sure. Not, not this season. Chargers at Broncos Ooh. for the first Doubleheader Monday night. I like that game. I I, I want to go see the Chargers go in there. and. I think they're going to put some points on the board. Yeah, take it out on Vance. Joe. Chargers 31, Broncos 14. I'm with you. Exact number. <laughs> wow. Everybody wow. mark that down. And uh, finally, you know, a lot of teams have quarterback issues. Maybe the Broncos are one of them. One team that does not have quarterback issues, Mark Sessler's Cleveland Browns. Because you know why? Kenny Britt, a guy that, yeah, he can catch the ball. He can run a route. Uh, but he's also well-known as one of the great uh, quarterback gurus and minds. He could see something special when he sees it. Uh-huh. And and Kenny Britt uh, has noticed Deshaun Kaiser, the Browns' second-round rookie, has really been looking pretty good since uh, OTAs till now. Let's hear what Kenny had to say. He's growing each day. Uh, each day um, from OTAs, I could tell a different person. I, uh, I actually asked him yesterday, has the offense slowed down for me? He said yes, and I was like, I could, I could tell because he's looking at certain things. He, he's seen defense uh, before the snap count, and once he lines up, he knows the certain things that he, he has to do, and, and he's going to be one of the great ones. One of the great ones, Mark. This is why you dropped out of the number one spot in the pain rankings. Oh, it makes it so clear now. <laughs> and uh, I will say this. I think that Greg and I have been on the same page with the concept of Deshaun Kaiser having a clear path to be the week one starter unless someone else there really, really excels or he flops. Because I think that that would be great for the Browns to discover that this second round pick, they got to see him this year before you get into another quarterback rich draft class. Give him a chance. I don't understand how someone is one of the great ones on July 30th or something. That seems a little it rich. It could be one of the great ones. One of the great ones. It is hard, though. There's not much to pick from, but it, Kaiser has received more positive buzz from Uh-oh. writers and other people than really outside of the RG3 move the earth thing from Hugh Jackson. I can't think of another quarterback in the last 10, 15 years in Cleveland that's received this kind of buzz other than maybe some Kelly Holcomb type stuff way back in the day. Wow. 14-year anniversary of the Kelly Holcomb. Charlie Fry wasn't getting that back in 06. No. (laughs) No. What is your your level of excitement on a one to Kozar scale of what Kaiser could do? And I don't mean like the excitement that you're willing to share publicly, like on this podcast where you pretend you're not just – completely you know in love with the Cleveland Browns and obsessed you know unhealthily I mean in your heart like what is the scale one to a hundred yeah in terms of excitement for 12 people. oh, oh. no I honestly like you I I am emotionally and I think it's in a good place honestly like show something to me I, I'm not I'm not wasting mental energy on getting excited about this team until they actually do something tangibly in reality Nope. What is the point? It feels like a trope. You right? always say this. What is the this point? This is a Sessler trope. What That's is the trope. point? That's a trope. Yeah. No, you have to know. How many times trope have alert. I ever even... Trope <laughs> How many times have I ever even, like, in a side conversation, said anything that would suggest any excitement about the Brown season, this offseason? Well, that's not your way in general. I hear they have a pretty good tight end. In the past, I have got, I have started. I'll start to gush and start to get excited. I simply am. You're wait, guarded. You're you're guarded. Very up. guarded. And and that makes a lot of sense. What what about the Superman tight end they have now, who's having trouble catching the ball in yeah. practice? Yeah. Oh, is that a new? Is that a new thing? That's real. Oh. Oh, you mean oh Seth Devalve? I thought you were talking about yeah. the first. Uh, no, no, Seth no, no, Devalve. No, no. Um, no, no, no. That's that's money oh, in the bank. Yeah, pressure. <laughs> money in the <laughs> pressure. Pressure. <laughs> I mean, that's the one guy. That's probably the one area of true genuine excitement. All right, we have so much more news to hit that we have to break out odds and ends. And uh, you know what that means, Connie, front and center. I know it. Here we go. It's time for odds and ends, odds and ends. Hey, everybody, tell your friends because it's odds and ends. I kind of right. almost got it. Boom. No, oh, that was good. That was Rosie's nice. just shaking his head no. Thanks. Well, we're looking for perfection here. We're looking you got another for chance perfect back tape. Okay, all right, you know, cool. We were talking Solid. about the defiant ones, Yeah. That the HBO documentary. I mean, sometimes... You too. They said they were in there for 256 takes to get the song right with Jimmy. We should do that. That's, that's what we're doing. You're right. We're not looking for Tiny Box. We're looking for Connie <laughs> Box. That's the way I look at it. All right, here we go. A little odds and ends. There's a t-shirt slogan. <laughs> no, I don't want this to be a thing. You should. Okay, here we go. Let's let's uh, let's move on. The Detroit Lions 
who finally started practicing. Good for them. But the team announced Sunday that it had assigned safety Glover Quinn to a contract extension through the 2019 season. Rap sheet says two years, 13 million with nine and a half guarantees. Good, uh, good decision there, old Greggy. Oh, yeah. Been an underrated move by them bringing him in from Houston. It was kind of a guy no one really cared about before he got there. More uh, extension talk. The Minnesota Vikings, this also coming from Rap Sheet, agreed to terms uh, with cornerback Xavier Rhodes on a five-year contract extension worth $70 million. Maron. Uh, Rappaport added the deal includes $41 million in guarantees along with $12 million signing bonus. Uh, the 2013 first-round pick. Uh, is 27, coming off his first Pro Bowl season. He really put the clamps on ODB in week four, Mark. That's the guy you want to keep in the building. Nice move, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think the Vikings are telling us what they think about their defense. They re-signed Everson Griffith, Griffin, and they, they, want to, they want to get Anthony Barr a new deal. So they've got they, – if you want to look at the heart and the strength of the Minnesota Vikings, it's their defense, and they're going to pay them. How about a making the leap pick on right, Dan Handis? You always ah. make fun of making the leap. Xavier <laughs> I didn't say anything. Xavier. That's a Mark. That's Mark's going on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why is everything being shoved over on me today? <laughs> well, I'm the reason the that the, you know, the Reddit board doesn't have their prize. <laughs> I didn't even know about that until 20 minutes ago. No, no, no. I was just saying that it, it's now – Officially, it's being pushed on my lap. It's on your lap. <laughs> All right, well, let's see where that goes. And I will work with you on this. Okay, well. Oh, that's so nice yeah, of you. Yeah, but you're the ideas guy in this. You're the ideas it's, guy. Don't expect them to come quickly. Uh, the, the Sorry, subreddit. That comes from Mark. Um, <laughs> the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, you know, Doug Martin's still on that team, and a lot of people are saying, ooh, this could be a nice bounce-back season. Fantasy owners getting excited about it. Uh, maybe we can get the Doug, the hamster, muscles hamster. The muscle, muscle hamster. Ham. Yeah, muscle he hamster. likes that nickname at all, though. Mm, sorry, buddy. Uh, maybe we'll get him on a discount and have a big year. Well, he's got to get some snaps first because the Bucks GM, Jason Light, said that the starting running back gig might not even be there for Doug Martin. Uh, he said it might not, according to ESPN's Dan Graziano. Look, he has done everything we've asked him to do, and he looks reminiscent of 2015 when he was playing for his contract. Interesting. He looks the same out there mentally and physically. Uh, so he might be one of the guys that needs a carrot, and he's got a pretty big carrot in front of him right now because there's no guarantees that he's going to be here, and he knows that. We've talked to him, and he's good with it. He goes, I understand. Greg, you're putting your hand out. Why? Well, right in there, he's telegraphing what he's doing. He's putting the carrot out there. I don't really buy into this. I, the job I, so is going to be his. He's just making it clear that, hey, we think you're not going to stay motivated, so let's let's put this well, What's going to happen? Jeremy McNichols is going to take over the starting <laughs> job? I mean, this is basically they, – they probably feel like this is a guy that he has been – Light has been gushing over him all offseason. Mm. All offseason. He looks the way he used to look. He is a big part of their offense. You're going to tell me now that suddenly he's going to come back. They knew the suspension was coming, and he's going to get replaced by some guy that no one today is even thinking about. And he's been so inconsistent, too, in his career. I mean, you look at the years that he had in 2012 and 2015 where he went over 1,400 yards both years, and his yards per per carry were awesome. And then last year he was, again, back down to – 2.9 2.9 yards per carry. Now you you now don't even know what you're going to get with him. Now it's yards per carrot. Huh? Am, <laughs> I, am I right, though? Yeah. Hey. I'm a little worried about Doug, though, because he, he said he referred to himself in the third person recently, but in a way that I had never heard, which is he's <laughs> like, you're going to see the – you know, it's going to be like the 2015 Doug or the 2012 Doug. That's what you're going to see this year. <laughs> oh, really? I was like, wait, what? That's, there are different Dougs every year? This is one of the good years? I don't That's know. troubling. That is troubling. Uh, the Ravens have added a tight end. The team announced Sunday it signed uh, Larry Donnell. Uh, Baltimore waived receiver Tim Patrick in a corresponding move. This is a team that needs some able bodies at that position. Dennis Pitta. Uh, you know, he's done. Crockett Gilmore has a potentially serious knee issue. Uh, Benjamin Watson and Max Williams on the roster, but both coming off injuries. Larry Donnell on the roster. Colleen, here's the question. What is it? I don't understand what I've got to do is get a job in this league. I do medical things for Browns or Cleveland. Who, who is this? I lead league in touchdown catches at my position one year. I was mad for it. Do you think that's how he pitched the Ravens when Gary Barnage went? I'm Gary Barnage. <laughs> so pick up the phone and call me. <laughs> I would give him a job. I, I, I don't understand. Gary's been at the cozy too long, I feel like. <laughs> they won't sign Kaepernick and Gary Barnage met with Baltimore and like they 
what's the what's the problem with Gary Barnage if you need a tight end right now? Why Larry Donnell over him? And Baltimore is hemorrhaging tight ends, so they could they could have used him. They've oh, no, seen what enough. Gary Barnage can do. I mean, that's it's just surprising they wouldn't take a flyer on that. Quids in, mate. I'm quids in. <laughs> Clearly upset. You have a right to yeah. be, Gary. I've been blackballed. Well, that's probably true. I've been blackballed. Because what? Because you're from across. You're because from... I'm from Great Britain. Oh God. He he was one. You know, read between the lines, everybody. <laughs> I don't. I hope it's not a curse of him coming on the show. You know, people's careers after they come on this show. First, Greg Hardy. Now Gary Barnage. <laughs> All right, don't tell anybody. <laughs> we had Patrick Peterson on on the show. He's, okay. he's in a good place. Yeah. Um, You're in the clear. Don't worry. Yeah, we're good. Uh, other news. Ben Roethlisberger, unsure if he'll play behind two, beyond 2017. Uh, he said in an interview with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on Friday, uh, a familiar refrain from Mr. Roethlisberger, uh, age, Roethlisberger said then laughed, I guess asked when he might decide to, why he might decide to leave. Uh, it's just it's 14 years. That's a long time. I think the average life expectancy in the NFL is three years, maybe three and a half now. Blah 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 blah. Roethlisberger is 35 years old. Um, when will his last season be? Greg, give me the year, and we're going to go around the horn. Greg, 2019. I will say 2018. 2017 if they win the Super Bowl. Ooh, okay, yeah. Mark. 2018. Oh, I thought you were going to drop like a 2030 line or something. I think he's so going to try it's to. Over. Well, he, I think he's going to play this season. He's going to he, his his whole sort of act to try to get a lot of drama around this yes. potential retirement that was a complete flop. It didn't get the attention <laughs> that he wanted it to. So let's try that again one more time. Whisper about it all season, yeah. and it's going to get a little more traction this time. And uh, that's what he wants. He just wants attention. Um, let's head over to the throne of ease. Uh, the Patriots will no longer have Rob Ninkovich in the building. Linebacker announced his retirement today after 11 seasons. He had been discussing this retirement with Belichick for some time. 33 years old. Got a couple of rings. Nice job. It's kind of like a, a jag <laughs> on some other teams. Went to the Patriots. Collected a couple of rings. Now he's going to collect a nice pension. Well, how about this? If you're the New Orleans Saints, where you're you're so concerned about co-running a functional Pelicans franchise, <laughs> you had this guy in your roster twice. You can't develop defensive players. He goes to New England. They learn how to develop him. I think he'd quietly, very, not even quietly, so always like a productive player for the Patriots for a long time. And you can see how much he was loved, too, by the team because you had so many teammates and players and coaches that packed his press conference. I think like 30 of them did. Dan wants nothing to do what, with what other What other play or is going to have Bill Belichick sitting on the floor of his press conference. It was oh. so crowded. Belichick's on the floor. Mm. Says he's never coached a more unselfish player than old Robbie Ninkovich, mm. who was their best defensive lineman a few years ago on a Super Bowl champion team. I mean, that, that counts That counts a little bit for something. Mm. I think he has the most fumble recoveries, your forced fumbles of anyone this decade, over 40 sacks. Mostly uh, luck. Fumble oh, recoveries. <laughs> No. Dan's not even listening I'm anymore. Just no, it's, it's a very nice career. It's a good career. I know. Great career. Yeah, good. I'll take it. It's a rare time where you can say he went out on top. There's not many NFL players that go out on top. They go out with a title, and he did it in training camp. So there's all these people there, and there's 40 teammates and Robert Kraft and Belichick. It's like he had about as good a retirement as as anyone I can think of. Um, Beginning of the end for that defense. <laughs> and uh, finally, in odds and ends, uh, a retirement that maybe I'm a little more plugged in with. Uh, my old man, Keith Hansis, retired today. Oh, really? Congratulations. Wow. My dad started his career in 1974. Did a little math. Oh, no. Um, 74. <laughs> You're still doing the math? To 2017, 43 years That's in correct. the workforce? That's correct. You kidding me? Congratulations. Congratulations. Wow. Wow. What a role model my dad is. What's he, he going to do now? Well, it's more time to to be on the show, right? To provide Jets expertise <laughs> after their latest loss. Jets analyst. Yeah, people have been asking, where's my dad at with the Jets? We'll hear from my dad as the season goes along. We had a good, we had a nice drive up from uh, from the beach um, in Jersey to Yankee Stadium during my vacation and uh, listened to a little WFAN uh, with Joe Beningo. And um, we just, we both kind of are on the same page that they just got to get, get, 
get things set up. Don't don't do anything stupid. Just get the kid in there at quarterback. Let's see what he can do. We're very upset about the David Harris move. We didn't like the Eric Decker move. So we understand eyes are wide open about this Jets team and what a disaster it's going to be. But I can tell you something. My dad, as, as I just said, worked 43 years. Uh, he's been around a time or two. And uh, this isn't the first rebuild that my dad has witnessed, nor is it mine. This one just is a little more painful because it's happening uh, right now. Are the, are the coworkers at the coal mine going to throw him a going away party? The going the go the party. You want to hear a little bit about what happens in the Coleman? Uh, you just oh. go up. You go to the the pub down the street. What's the name of that pub? Do you know? We call it the hotel. Black Lung. Yeah, the Black Lung Pub is the nickname. You knew that, Mark. Yeah. Um, and we you toss back a few beers, a pat on the back, a handful of peanuts, and a good hard day's work. And then you go home to your wife. That's the that's the reward. No, She's no not watch. at the pub? No gold watch. Why, is, why isn't she well, at the it's pub? Ra- it's rare that anyone makes it out of the coal mines alive. Usually they just die on the job, so <laughs> that's why there's not a big to-do with the mm. retirement. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so my dad retired. Congrats, Dad. Uh, that's what's happening in the news. And uh, close it out, Connie. And... Close wow. it out, Connie. Odds and ends, odds and ends. Hey, everybody, tell your friends because it's odds and ends. Bump. Very nice. Uh, no, that was, uh, that was not the equal of the first no. one. First one was probably, but in a lot of what, Greg, some of that negativity you instilled in that critical first thing, <laughs> I think it threw her off the second time around. It did. I think it was good until the bump. You just yeah, didn't the bump. Well, I didn't know. I, again, I didn't know how long it was going to go, and then I was like, I need to finish this out. Just lay out there in the okay. business. We call that laying out. All right. All right, we're going to do the New Era read next. <laughs> Actually, here we go. New Era's NFL training collection has a great combination of innovative performance and style with features like UV protection, moisture wicking, and cooling technology. There's no reason you shouldn't make the New Era NFL training collection a part of your daily attire. Available at retailers like Lids, NFLShop.com, and Dick's Sporting Goods in your favorite team. Moisture wicking? It Moisture. just wicks it away. Yeah, why? You don't think that's... I don't, I, it sounds fine. <laughs> um, and that leads us to one little more bit of news. Aguayo. Folk. It makes Mayweather McGregor look like a landfill of baby puke. <laughs> All right, here we go. Robert, uh, Roberto Aguayo, Nick Folk. We all know the story. The two Bucks kickers going at it. One of them will get a job. The other one will leave in disgrace. Uh, Folk, the free agent, came over from the Jets. Uh, and Aguayo, the second-round pick, um, who had a terrible first season. I don't know if you were yeah. going. Um, anyway, after playing to a stalemate in the off-season practice portion of the calendar, on Sunday, they both go four for five. No. Hit their first four kicks. Both missed their fifth kick. Here's what Dirk Cutter had to say, Bucks coach. I had them both four out of five, but I'll be honest. I was watching the alignment up front. We'll get the tape. I thought they both missed their last one. Aguayo. <laughs> Folk. The biggest cliffhanger since that one episode of Friends when Rachel went to meet Ross at the airport after his work trip to China and was stunned to see Ross cuddling up to his new squeeze, Julie. (laughs) All right. Moving on. Let's talk about it now, Colleen. Okay. Um, We might even have to push the mailbag to our next episode because I think we need to have the proper amount of time to break down what's going on here. Um, what is going on here? Well, you can tell us. You can fill in the blank. So Colleen went to uh, Raiders camp on Saturday. You did mm-hmm. the show with, uh, who did you do it with? Michael Emma Robinson Emma. and That's Steve right. Weich. Yep. And, uh, and it was an eventful day for you. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Memorable day. It, yeah, it was my first day uh, up at Raiders camp, my first day hosting uh, Inside Training Camp Live. So that was, you know, it's a four-hour show. There's a lot going on. Um, and 
Michael Robinson is friends with Marshawn Lynch. So before the show, he told us, hey, I don't know if we're going to be able to get him or not. You know, he's kind of a wild card, uh, as you guys know. So, you know, let's just kind of play things by ear. So Marshawn and a wild card. I mean, we all know that M Rob didn't say that, but that's sort of that's sort of what he was getting at. Um, Yeah. So. Uh, M. Rob didn't get a chance to say what's up to Marshawn before we were on the show. And so Marshawn came over and uh, before, I mean, before we were on the air, there was a lot of things that were said that would not have been able to have been aired on the show. Oh, so like we were, uh, you know, like just some colorful Marshawn things. Uh, well, this is a podcast. It's not the same stringent rules as like TV. You can share. Was it colorfully things. off color? Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah. A lot of, lot of F-bombs. Some sailor's language. Yes. Uh, so What was the topics? Just general were you just part like, of the what's up? yeah he was not really it was just more of like a <laughs> hey what's going on are we doing this can we do it now blah 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 yeah. like so uh we came back from break and scrapped everything we were going to do and marshawn basically just wanted to say what's up to michael robinson on the air and not talk about football at all yeah so let's let's pick it up from there we have the actual <laughs> oh uh, good audio footage and we can kind of zapruder this uh, uh one of the most one of the biggest moments of Colleen Fox's career, I think, so far in terms wow, of really? media coverage. In terms of media coverage, if you do a Google search, people are buzzing about this encounter. Huh. Okay. So let's start. This, this is it, huh? Big dog. They're Big right dog. there. What's up, man? Shit, I'm cooling. What's happening? Live television. <laughs> you can't say that on TV, no, come on. bro. You can't say I that. Couldn't, but all the ones told me to no, come you, over you, here. You can't Y'all curse. knew what you time stop. it was before I came over here. I know, and I love you for that. All right, so first of all, what's going on Jeez. at this point in your mind? And are people going nuts in the earpiece? Where- no, no, I hear nothing in my earpiece at all. Um, they, they, they loved it. And I was like, oh, God, oh, God, is he going to start saying things that he was just saying a minute ago before we were on the air? Well, now I um, really want to know what that was. Yeah, no, it was just, you know, okay. just stuff that um, people would probably get fired for. Um, okay. So our president would call it locker room talk. E- uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess you're just, right. Just some locker room talk. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at this point, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I I have no idea how this is going to go. And Marshawn is basically controlling this whole thing. So it, it, he's going to dictate what happens here. And he might just like walk away. I didn't even know if he was going to stay or not. OK, let's let's continue on. But look, though, what's good? Baby? Um. Talk about being back in Oakland, man. What's yeah, up with what it? What have you been doing with yourself? Right I ain't been doing nothing. I know, but so how do you feel you? about being back in the city <laughs> running this football? Look, hey, no, 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 right no, here, listen, man, let's right talk Look, and I just told you, I don't run on the huddle and mess up your huddle and mess you up with your job on the field and mess up your job. Right, you don't. So I'm trying to ask you a question that people want to know. But this is different. So at this point, (laughs) point, Michael Robinson is taking Marshawn Lynch's face and turning it back towards his face and telling him to focus and answer the question. And then that's why he's saying, look, I don't run on the field and mess with your job like you're kind of doing with mine right now because you were supposed to do this interview. And now you're just up here chit chatting and trying to holler. And you, you're you now, in your mind, I would assume, searching how are you going to insert yourself into the conversation in a way to help get things under control. So, not necessarily insert myself in the conversation, but try and maybe get us back on track a little bit here. Right. But also, M-Rob and him are boys, and M-Rob sort of is trying to get him back on track right. himself. So I'm sort of sitting back, right. but also I have some things in my back pocket ready to go, and I'm just waiting. Things like this. I ain't come over here for nothing. I came over here to holler at my dog and his partner. I love you, man. What's up? What's that, that, up? That's my guy right How's it feel to be back on the team? That's cool. You're going to do the normal thing, right? And ask questions about all the... No, we can talk about your soul food yeah. restaurant that you bought. Well Why you ain't tell me you got the soul food? Oh, that's my job. That ain't even the business yet. No? You Too early? You jump the yeah, gun? Yeah, you new. Big like a big mouth bass, no, baby. listen, <laughs> I like soul food. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, he got a soul food So that's place? our first date to the soul food. Oh, Ooh. my God. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Money. Uh, I'm sorry. You, you can't. Yes, oh, no, no. Married. Those are notes, no, That is man. very nice. No, I'm Thank you. Look at your ring. I should make that clear. Yes. So, right at that point, yes, at yeah, he uh, picked up my hand and was looking at my ring. Um, so yeah, I 
I don't know what to say about this. It was the most awkward thing that's ever happened to me on live television. And a lot of times these things happen in locker rooms when you're not on television. Yeah, right. And so you guys just got to witness how awkward it oh, actually God. is. And to be honest, I was kind of like for a second, I forgot that we were even on television. Oh and I was like just trying to deflect and move on and get him to move off of the subject entirely. You handled, handled it. Yeah. yeah. yeah I was say like, because there was a, a myriad of reactions that you could decide to have, and like you just handled it about as perfectly as one could hope for. I cannot imagine that it was a very comfortable situation at all. No. All right, let's hear the rest of it. So we will not be dating. No. We're going on a date no. to the Soul Food Restaurant. Hey, but you could come can I actually, actually one real question? I'm going to charge you a little extra, though, mm. just because. I'm going to charge him a little bit more, too, though. Can I ask you one What's real up, question? What's up, big dog? What you want to give back to this community, man? That's Mike. like in case of emergency, yeah. ask about the community. <laughs> Mike, Explain it's life, man. Okay. You know, we can sit here and you know John how was like, we I do can't believe you got charge us extra. No, we can't chop it up like <laughs> So that's what I'm saying. But is everybody good, though? You good? We're good. You good? We're good that you're right, I'm going to let you go ahead and do your thing, though, player. Thank you, brother. Good appreciate you. All right. My ah. oh, Thanks for nice stopping by. Yeah, nice to meet you, too. All right. Oh, my God. See you later. I can't listen to it. Again, you handled that very well. What... Was your husband John Gonzalez? What was his what was his Who? reaction to John Ronald Gonzalez, born March 12, nineteen seventy seven, is an American sports writer who is married to NFL media broadcaster Colleen Wolf. John, who's a Pisces, resides in Los Angeles with his wife and two dogs. Yeah, I'm shocked. Marjan Lynch also didn't know who John Gonzalez is, but uh, John was like, "Wait a minute, he's going to charge us extra to go to his restaurant now." That's that, his primary concern that, coming out of this. Yes, I. It was I, it was a chance. It was a chance. To drop in a, a who is John Gonzalez drop if, right. they were, if they were really on top of things in the production studio. That's true, that yeah. Amazing. Yeah, a little bit of a missed opportunity, <laughs> Truck. Um, I think, first of all, I, I will say this. When this happened, uh, we were we were texting about it, uh, and, you know, I think it was like kind of like the big brother thing, so we were all kind of like, wait, is, is he being not cool with Colleen? But I think, like, uh. you had the right, like, like, outlook on it, and you just dealt with it very well. Much better than I would. I also, Gonzo, why? How? What would you have done? I would have said, "How dare you!" and slapped him in the face, <laughs> with like a white glove on, a white satin glove. <laughs> and and Gonzo had his, has a good attitude about it too, because I feel like I maybe would have been filled with some type of rage uh, that I wouldn't be able to process naturally. But Gonzo is a laid back uh, dude, Philadelphia guy. That's very he's taken to Southern California. Right. He he's just I mean, with it as well. He, like all of us, has flaws, and one of those is not confidence. Like, he has a ton of confidence, and things like that does not Was he watching it live? Yeah. (laughs) Yep, he was. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, I had my phone next to me on the chair, and it just kept buzzing and buzzing and buzzing. (laughs) Yeah, I was wondering wondering if you were thinking after that, I just want this to, I don't want, I don't want attention for this. I don't want attention for someone hitting on me on yeah, I didn't, live TV. I didn't go into my mentions or anything. I just, that my mentions at that point were dead and I had to just move on. What's, what was <laughs> helpful to you was that NFL Network and the NFL's Twitter account went nuts retweeting the entire episode. It's gold. Yeah. It's like, there's another nuance or element to this. Oh, uh, I know. Yeah. It was very awkward. Well, you're a pro. It was a great first day. Really ripped the <laughs> Band-Aid off there. <laughs> I mean, unless this happens for every single time you go out to camp, I, I think that you've already basically hit the biggest type of challenge is how to handle a lot I of hope, situations. Well, that would be wonderful if that was the biggest challenge. I'll yeah. be at Chargers tomorrow and Rams the next day. So we'll There's see. only one Marshawn Lynch. So <laughs> what if he keeps showing up? I know. Well, I'm going back up to Raiders <laughs> camp next week, and I'm going to be with Michael Robinson again, and I'm really kind of worried about that. You should wear, like, a, a brown wig with, like, big glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to wear a bag. It's fine. All right. Well, there you go. A nice, a nice breakdown of quite an encounter, Colleen. Yes. And um, and on uh, our next show, Wednesday, we will finally get deeper into the Miko Grimes situation. Uh, I don't believe I'll be here on Wednesday. Well, it's I'll per- be oh. a ramp, perfect opportunity. For oh, well, we're going to be at camp together. That's right. Look at that. So, Greg, I want you to look out for Colin in case somebody starts to get a little too too frisky as well. Greg's yeah. going to be my muscle. Yeah. It, yeah if you want someone <laughs> next to you to ward off any hulking men, it's, it's me. Watch out. Um, we will be back on Wednesday. Wednesday is our 
our video show, uh, of course, so you can check it out at nfl.com slash ATN video. Um, and, uh, yes, three shows this week, so very exciting. And um, that's it. Anything else to say? I think that's it. Feels like the show has been Good going stuff. on for about 114 minutes. <laughs> we're, if we don't get off the air, we're going to get in that range. So, uh, yeah, so we'll be back on Wednesday and then again on Friday. And, and who knows, on Wednesday, Mark might have – the subreddit uh, 6,000th listener uh, plan all devised by then. Very exciting. Totally fatal move by you. I'm not going to lift a finger on this front. I have too many other things to deal with. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> That's going to be a great prize. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> all right. This is Dan Hansen signing off for the very busy Quiet Storm. Connie Fox, not Tiny Box. Uh, the old boss. It's Sully behind the glass. Till Wednesday. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.